0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear King, dear Jesus. We are reminded in today's epistle that as children of adoption to the incarnation of Christ, we are called to a higher moral standard. St. Paul had elsewhere described us as children previously enslaved to sin, as children of wrath because we were children punished for original sin by the loss of our original innocence. As children of wrath, we were also prone to unleash our own wrath on our neighbor. But now St. Paul urges us not to avenge ourselves, but to leave vengeance to God's wrath. In the Old Testament, it was eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But in the New Testament, our Lord says, If a man strikes thee on thy right cheek, turn the other cheek also towards him. And, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who persecute and insult you, so that you may be true sons of your Father in heaven. Indeed, we are now adopted sons and daughters of God, and so we should act like adopted sons and daughters of God. United through humanity, through charity, we no longer want to exercise private vengeance against our neighbor, the sort of tip-for-tap that often only nourishes hatred. With St. Thomas Aquinas, we learn that vengeance is the infliction of a punishment on one who has sinned. One can inflict punishment lawfully or unlawfully. If the avenger's intention is directed chiefly to an evil towards the person on whom he takes, takes vengeance and remains there, then his vengeance is altogether unlawful, because this would be the same as taking pleasure in another's evil, which is hatred, contrary to the charity whereby we are bound above all men. Even if he intends evil to another man, because the latter has unjustly inflicted evil on him, he is not excused for hating one that hates him. For a man may not sin against another just because the latter has already sinned against him, since this is exactly to be overcome by evil, which is forbidden by the Apostle in the Epistle today when he says, Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. If the the avenger's intention is directed chiefly to something good, to be obtained by means of the punishment of the person who has sinned, like the amendment of the sinner, or his restraint for the sake of public law and order, or that justice may be upheld and God-honored, then vengeance is lawful. This all being said, he who takes vengeance on the wicked must have the authority also in order not to preserve what belongs to God, but must only make use of the power granted to him by God, remembering that all real authority comes from God. So we see that Christian vengeance has surpassed the Old Testament principle of retaliation, but is at the same time far from the nonsense of those who talk love and forgiveness, but then skewing the Gospel message, to tell us that loving means laissez-faire, that punishment is oppression, that mercy cancels justice, that crime should be decriminalized, that evil is not just permissible, but somehow good, that in the name of love we should condemn even the most heinous sins of abortion and same-sex unions. These people should be reminded that, that not only oppression of the poor and defrauding the laborer, but also murder and sodomy are sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance, which means that God will indeed exercise vengeance on those who promote these horrid crimes against humanity. St. Paul makes that clear today when he cites the Old Testament, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. The lesson we can draw for ourselves from today's epistle is that, as adopted children of the light, we should never forget to live by the law of charity. so that the only rights we want to avenge are the rights of charity. We therefore want to avoid any arguments with our neighbor. We want to shun thoughts and desires of revenge for those little things that in the end really only hurt our ego and our pride. This, of course, requires of all of us a constant effort of humility. And we should remember the words of St. Francis de Sales that we can be assured that our charity is not perfect when our words, no matter how true they may be, are not charitable. And if we ever feel really hurt, it might not be a bad idea to call to mind all the outrages and blasphemies committed against our Lord every day. Ultimately, the only thing that should really hurt us is when God is hurt. We should therefore be ready to avenge the rights of God in the measure that God has given us a share in His authority. For example, parents can and should punish their children. The elders should be ready to correct and discipline the younger. Those in authority should be ready to punish those who commit crimes. We can and we should protest when the rights of God and of the children of God are trampled upon, as we did yesterday in the March for Life by protesting and praying for abortion and to the abuse of public power. St. Thomas tells us that the good should bear with the wicked by enduring patiently the wrongs that they themselves receive from them but that they should not endure the wrongs they inflict on God and their neighbor. And Chrysostom says that it is praiseworthy to patient under our own wrongs, but to overlook God's wrongs is most wicked. Let us then always remain humble at our place as a child, student, teacher, layperson, mother, father, or religious, and be faithful simply and humbly to our vocation. And remember that God our goel, or our avenger in Hebrew, will bring ultimate vengeance and will set all things straight at the end of time. Remembering also the prayers that we say at the Mass of several martyrs, let the prisoners sign, come before you, O Lord, repay our neighbors sevenfold into their bosoms, avenge the shedding of their servant's blood. And remembering the words of our Lord, blessed are you who weep now. For you shall not. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.